Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, Ask questions and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys, with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now... Taz and Paula. Well, today our guest, Dr. Todd Olakaitis, realized at an early age that someday his interest in genetics, lasers, and traditional and alternative medicine would somehow combine in a synergistic explosion of new technology, and it did. Whoa. Today, we'll ask Dr. Todd, just how do we learn to communicate with our DNA and awaken it with vibrational toning? We'll talk about how particular patterns and tones open up our senses and innate abilities to enhance the vitality of our cells for health. Dr. Todd, you are magic, and we are so fortunate to have you with us today with your passion and your passion early in life that it's now bringing and healing us globally, and I mean globally, you're all over the globe and teaching your techniques. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Actually, Dr. Todd, you should see us. We are practically jumping up and down today because we have a space of time to connect with you while you're traveling. Dr. Kennedy, who is part of the Gematria team, tells us that you are always ready in a moment's notice traveling to your next destination in order to lay the groundwork supporting others and receiving your special techniques. Now, this is a heads-up notice to our listeners. Dr. Todd will be in Sacramento, California area soon, and that's that's one of the special reasons we brought him on today um, for you. He'll be there on Sunday, February the 22nd from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., where where he'll present the art of magic of the life code with uh, his pineal tones technique. Uh, We'll talk more about that a little later. Um, And in 2001, Dr. Todd, you began, as you started this process of remembering an ancient and sacred uh, practice of toning, that activated the pineal gland and created profoundly expansive experiences. You intuitively knew the power of the tones and their intrinsic benefit and impact on life extension, enhanced well-being, and increased health. Unaware at that time of any higher purpose for the tones, you called it the pineal toning technique and began to teach small groups, how to use them for personal growth and healing. According to Cryon, which is an angelic entity channeled for 20 years by internationally renowned author Lee Carroll, he said that you were the only human on the planet with these 24 multidimensional tones. And this is not all. Paula, please tell us more. Well, Taz, do you remember when uh, we went to San Jose and we actually uh, got to experience the pineal toning technique with Dr. Todd. What an experience that was. I mean, we were just it was. <laughs> it's so high after that. And now wow. he's relaying that the toning techniques or that the sounds involve color frequencies that trigger releases in the body. Talk about quantum leaps. Exciting. <laughs> this is so exciting. Dr. Todd, we are so honored to have you with us. Anytime you want to step into this frequency of chatting with us, come on in. 
Welcome. Well, all right, Taz and Paul. It's quite an honor and pleasure to be on with you today and share a bit of information about very interesting scientific and even esoteric things and the power of vibrations, whether they're sonic vibrations made with the human voice or light vibrations made with advanced laser technologies that, of course, can be combined with how we nurture and feed our body, both with information and with biochemical sustenance. So we have lots of things we can discuss today. (laughs) Okay. Um, So briefly, maybe tell us how this all began for you so our listeners can follow. Hmm. (laughs) That's a very good question. Mm. <laughs> to how often suggests the when, and I can argue it went back to the age of five when I told my father while driving his Cadillac that I would become a nuclear physicist when I grew up. Wow. Wow. Did that make his head turn? <laughs> or when I was eight and began to begin my enchantment with lasers and that's when my study began in the third grade with the World Book Encyclopedia and could tell you that laser stood for light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation and even began to consider building my own lasers at that time, which I didn't quite do, but I at least got the designs for doing such. Or when I was 10 and with my father built my first time machine that was pretty cool and actually worked according to its principles. Or at the age of 13, when I began to study everything I could find about DNA. So those were the forerunners of what I'm doing today. Those interests ultimately caused me to go to medical school to keep my options open, especially for the study of DNA and everything related to it, especially for human health. And upon completing that training, then through what I would call divine inspiration, was guided to go back to my first love of lasers and to find how they could be used in ways to communicate with molecules to make the approach to certain issues uh, even more effective, whether it was strengthening a bodily system or assisting the body to eliminate a pathogen like HIV, or simply to give the body the information and the chemistry to become physiologically younger. So that is the the basic story of how I got to what I'm doing today. And the work with the tones followed actually after a significant period of time of understanding light frequency vibrations and how it related to molecules the sound frequencies followed, and the two together work into a very efficient system. What's elegant about the tones is that anybody can do them and get the benefits from them, and it supports simply feeling and functioning better no matter where you're starting from. So the technology that you brought forth um, with lasers and this kind of thing um you decided to work with herbs or formulas to um insert mess well messages well a frequency insert frequencies into the products to to um stimulate a different kind of healing process is that right to increase the efficiency of the action of the nutrients as well as to give, I would say, an extra vitality energy to the body over and above just providing the chemical building blocks. And let me back these general comments with a physical example. The body is structurally organized largely around protein chemistry. And the DNA code with all the information it contains largely drives the production of 
tens of thousands of different types of proteins that organize shape, structure, and function of the cells. And it's very important in our daily diet to consume enough protein, which then gets digested to amino acids that the body can then use to build specific proteins that it needs. So the building blocks of proteins, amino acids, are particularly of interest because they're often in a crystalline form. So in our very earliest work, we had the idea of using crystals as a type of way to store energy and information. And the energy can be stored by the increase in energy in the chemical bonds or the free energy of the system in the molecules. And upon ingesting them, one can receive activated chemistry that absorbs and works better and gives sort of an added vibrational boost. Whatever frequency we apply to the laser, in a sense, you can consider like combining homeopathic vibration with metabolic nutrition. So I'll give an example which shows the sorts of benefits that we've demonstrated scientifically. There are 20 amino acids that make up all the proteins of the body. And it is stringing these amino acids together in a specific sequence that makes a particular protein. We looked at what happens when we take a blend of all the amino acids and feed them to immune cells that have already been stimulated. And what we found was that without any other enhancement to the system, that giving the amino acids actually aggravated or intensified the inflammatory response. We used an inflammatory marker called TNF-alpha, which is tumor necrosis factor alpha, and found that when we gave the amino acids, it more than doubled the production of that inflammatory molecule, which means that that could actually worsen the inflammation, which could be a negative result of taking an otherwise beneficial nutrient. When we then treated the amino acids with our laser process, which creates very high-frequency impulse that can match the rates of molecular vibration and make them more active, what we found is that it eliminated that pro-inflammatory response. There was an 11-fold reduction of that increase in TNF-alpha relative to baseline. So that was the basis of showing that there is minimally a reduction of a pro-inflammatory effect of amino acids if they were given when the body was in already inflammatory state. So the clinical way we tested this was in a clinical study done in Russia with persons who had a reduced function of their heart and that's measured by something called the ejection fraction of the heart, where a normal heart will pump 50% of the blood with each beat. And if a heart is not functioning as well, it will reduce to less than that. If it's less than 30%, it's considered a fairly severe reduction of function. So 30 people received two grams of these treated amino acids three times per day, and then the control group did not receive the amino acids. What we found was that after one month, the group that did not receive the treatment either had no change or got worse, whereas the treater group was significantly better. And that meant a 25% increase in average cardiac function compared to a 10% decrease in the untreated control group. The dilated hearts actually shrank back to a more normal size, and 60% of the subjects improved to essentially normal function in just 30 days. So that was a very significant uh, physical effect from giving this activated chemistry, which we then published in a journal called Clinical Gerontology. And... The result was so significant, we filed the U.S. patent for it, which was fast-tracked to approval in a record time of about two years. Wow. So this non-toxicity, 
It was going to be approved in about two years? Is that what you're saying? Or is it already been? The U.S. patent was already granted. Oh, great. What's interesting is that when you file a patent, it usually takes two to three years before the patent office gives you their first action, their first report. And generally, the first examiner's action is to ask a series of questions, to look at other precedent patent work that there could be a potential conflict. They may ask that certain claims are either given more justification or modified, and often takes many times back and forth before an ultimate grant. And I filed several other patents. This is the first time ever that the first office action was that there are no questions or objections, and it's immediately granted. Wow. Wow. Well, most, I would say uh, a lot of our diseases, or maybe most of them, is caused by inflammation. Is that a correct statement? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is correct. Many people think that that's one of the drivers uh, of many health conditions in almost every organ system of the body, as well as one of the factors in the aging process itself. So, in general, reducing inflammation is a very good thing. You actually went to um, to Africa and you did some pilot studies there. Um, with, I think, was it HIV? Correct. Um, um, uh, People that had HIV. And would you please tell us what you found to happen when you came back after three months? Or tell the story and then then also tell what happened when you came back. And the results that you had. Right. There are two countries where we have offered a solution for persons with HIV. And there are many people in Africa that simply choose not to use the every drugs. That's their personal choice. And so we provided a protocol for persons, most of whom were not on the HIV medications and, and some of whom were just to support their recovery, and this was a combination both of antiviral herbs from the Amazon that are also known to be immune-boosting herbs, along with other nutrients known to accelerate the function and activity of the immune system, particularly in the context of HIV infection. So it's a protocol with three different formulas that work together in various ways to support recovery of the depressed counts in HIV and to support the immune system's activity for other organs that may be affected in that condition. Our most dramatic result was a person from South Africa using this protocol. And that person was and will be considered an end stage of HIV infection where the normal CD4 lymphocyte count is 600 or above, his level was already depressed to 25. And 200 is the cutoff point for AIDS, so this would be considered a very advanced state of that condition. And his viral load was over 200,000. What we observed was that six months on the protocol, the viral load dropped to undetectable and his CD4 count jumped from 25, 10 times to about 250, which actually already put him out of the AIDS category with respect to his count. And over the next couple of years, his immune system count increased to a high normal level of over 1,100. That's our most remarkable case report. And looking at a group of persons with that condition, in a study done from a group near Lake Victoria, we had a group of two dozen persons 
with HIV, 20% of whom were taking the medications. And what we saw was a degree of immune recovery that was quite rapid. So over three months of use with the medications in that area, a roughly 25-point increase in the CD4 count would be expected. And what we observed for the group was an average approximately 200-point increase in the count. And what was particularly interesting, the persons with the use of the medication, the rate of recovery of their CD4 count was actually a bit slower than those that weren't on the medication at all. Now, how did you discover the herb that you're using? That's simply through literature searches to be actually more descriptive of the story. The first herb was discovered at an organic tea and coffee shop in Brighton, England. And there was an herb that I found that was supposedly good for uh, certain liver and digestive health issues. And on the packaging, it also suggested that there might be a benefit for HIV. And that triggered the exploration of that particular herb, which is really quite interesting. It's an herb from the Amazon called Chanca Piedra, which means stone breaker. So it's an herb that's been used for breaking up kidney stones and gallstones for quite a long period of time. That also, very interestingly, was found by a Dr. Baruch, who won the Nobel Prize for the discovery of uh, hepatitis B and how that particular infection worked, that in his own research, he found that that herb had the potential to permanently cure chronic hepatitis B. And more recent research showed that it had components that were also useful for supporting persons with HIV. So that was the beginning. And then through a search of the botanical directors, it's possible to find other herbs that had a very strong immune supportive activity that were put together into the protocol. So did you add your laser treatment to it? What an insightful question. (laughs) (laughs) Our earliest work with the laser was looking at whether we could create a pattern that would assist in neutralizing HIV. And we indeed found a protocol for using the laser that when applied directly to cells with HIV infection, significantly reduced their production of virus. And with a certain protocol, we could even reduce viral production to below the threshold of detectability. So essentially eliminating HIV in the test tube. And by treating the immune-supporting nutrients with that particular frequency pattern, I believe that's how we've been amplifying the otherwise already beneficial results of those herbs for the immune system. So in essence, it's a combination of nutritional chemistry and botanical, um, biological support and vibrational frequency support. I can see you in your laboratory going, ah, this is so cool. (laughs) It is too cool. (laughs) I mean, I can just see a scientist in his his lab going, yay. (laughs) Wow. So you I've heard I've heard that you also have used your laser treatment on aspirin. And did you have a huh. do you have a patent on that? That's a very good point. <laughs> and to clarify why that is of scientific or practical interest, 
Aspirin is an incredibly interesting compound. It probably is the one nutritional or, or therapeutic botanical that has the oldest literature. There are writings about using the extracts that give the core molecule of, of aspirin, salicylic acid, all the way back 3,000 years. And a big splash was made in therapeutic chemistry. And in the year 1900, uh, Philip Hoffman of Bayer first patented aspirin, which then became the world's first blockbuster drug. We think of aspirin as being quite common, but it was actually a big deal at the turn of the 20th century. What is relevant is that despite over 100 years of research, therapeutic aspirin has only occurred in a very singular physical crystal form called Form 1. And despite all those decades of research, the lab has been able to create another solid-state form of aspirin. There's an area in therapeutic chemistry whereby if you change the crystal state of a therapeutic compound, you change its physical properties, how it dissolves, how it absorbs, and it can be made even more effective in many cases by creating a new crystal form. So we were given the challenge by one of the world's leading authorities in this area of different forms of therapeutic compounds and their crystal and solid states to take on aspirin because nobody else could do it. And we were very happy after many iterations of protocols in the laboratory that we were able to make a stable, high-energy state of aspirin called the glass state. And because it has such a high free energy, the physical chemistry indicates that it will dissolve much faster, absorb much faster, and in all likelihood work much faster we predict that perhaps as little as one-sixth to one-tenth the dose, or as little as, say, 60 milligrams of aspirin, may be absorbed within 20 or 30 seconds and potentially relieve a headache in three to five minutes, and because of the dosage and the form, may have essentially no side effects whatsoever, especially on the stomach and GI tract. And so, that... Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, so can this actually uh, help inflammation also? Well, that's the, the the fundamental action of aspirin. So this would be a delivery form, which allow it to be absorbed and get to where it's needed in the body and much more quickly, uh, and assist in the inflammatory process, whether to relieve symptoms or simply. Uh, relieve inflammation that's subtler without symptoms, and do so without uh, irritating the stomach. Now, the side effects of aspirin, which are are well known, which are particularly uh, stomach irritation, while part of that is due to a chemical effect on the lining of the stomach, that another part of it is mechanical. That is, crystals of aspirin are like miniature razor blades that can literally physically cut the stomach lining. Wow. And the, right. And the form that we've created is basically free of sharp edges, so it's not going to have that irritative effect. And because we use such low quantities, at least anticipate that the doses will be very low, that, that will probably essentially eliminate the worrisome side effects of using aspirin. Amazing. This is so so good. So heart heart patients can take it daily without a problem. Absolutely. And to answer your question, this has been patented, and we now have grants in the U.S., China, Taiwan, Pan, South Africa, and others on the way. So can people actually buy that, this, new formula now? It's not available on the market as yet. 
today, while you're talking to me, I'm in Boulder, Colorado, about to have meetings with the faculty at the university because they've developed a technology that we believe, when combined with ours, is going to allow us to scale up the manufacturing to make large enough quantities of this new form of aspirin so that it actually could be available in the marketplace. And, of course, we plan to do our basic clinical studies to identify hopefully the proper dosage and use of the formula, but we are taking the next step just this week, actually, to be able to scale up the quantities we can produce so that it could ultimately become available in a pharmacy near you. Wow. (laughs) That's that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you ahead of time. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay, so... um, let us kind of go forward here a little bit because you have um, Quantum Choir waking up our DNA. And, um, again, it's we're talking about frequencies here and tones and that kind of thing. Will you talk a little bit about that and how it does wake up our DNA? I would be delighted to do that. <laughs> okay. And before we move into that discussion... I would invite the listeners, if they're interested in activated nutritional chemistry and all the benefits that can derive from it, we have a dozen different formulas that have been subjected to controlled clinical trials with excellent results, that they can go to the nutritional website, which is www.gematria.com, which is a weird ancient word spelled G-E-M-A-T-R-I-A. That's like uh, the gem. (laughs) Gematria, gematria gematria.com. Thank you. Wow. Yes, we need to go there. (laughs) Yeah, there's so many good nutritional products that uh, I enjoy just reading and, and what they do, and so you have all the information about each product on your uh, website, so that's really helpful. Exactly, and some of the formulas are for general anti-aging benefits to assist the organ systems to rebound to a more vibrant state, and others are more targeted to support particular bodily systems, and that information is available on the website. So um, there is something that we can do by toning, and you want to explain that to wake up our DNA? Indeed. <laughs> so I would say that almost everyone agrees that there is power in music, that depending upon the type of music we listen to, It can be relaxing or calming and relieve the stress of the day, or it can be very activating and stimulating and make us want to get up and dance, which has its own merits for the joy of life. So there's something powerful intrinsically in the combination of frequencies and tonalities and rhythms and patterns in music, the creation of aesthetic and artistic sound. And... For personal health, I believe one of the most powerful ways is making the sound ourselves, literally tuning the vibrations to our own body by using our own vocal instruments. And to a way to have a self-tuning system to get the benefits of literally singing a song to themselves that through inspiration I've had the pleasure of developing a system that I've called pineal tones and the pineal toning technique. And more recently, we are starting to call it the Rosetta tones as well because we believe it's an information system that can start allowing us to tap into deeper levels of 
personal awareness and understanding. And to give some basis to the statement that singing these tones or even listening to these patterns may be beneficial biologically, we have had the good fortune of connecting with a researcher at the MIT of Mexico, which is the Monterey Institute of Technology, a researcher named Raul Segura, who has a passion for studying, among other things, the effects of classical music on plants. So we've heard of the so-called Mozart effect, and you can buy various CDs and discs that provide particular pieces of Mozart that there is the representation that listening to Mozart relieves stress, increases IQ, enhances creativity, makes it easier to solve problems, is very good for facilitating study and other activities that require sustained concentration. And the Mozart effect is generally well accepted. So my colleague at the MIT of Mexico has studied the effects of playing different pieces of classical music on the growth of plants. So he has his baseline standard of how plants grow and then will play a variety of classical composers. And it's interesting that of the various classical pieces he's played, the most powerful effect for making plants grow better, bigger, and stronger and have more produce is playing certain pieces of Mozart. So that in his laboratory is the gold standard for the effect of playing music on enhancing the biology of plants. The 24 levels of the tones, which is a a whole system of frequency patterns and information, when he plays those tones, there's a recording that has been prepared for people to basically practice the tones, to sing along, literally, that when he plays that recording to plants, he gets an effect that is 33% more potent than playing the best pieces of Mozart. Wow. So that the Mozart effect, by using these tonal patterns, can be even more potent, 33% more potent, than playing Mozart. And by virtue of seeing it yourself, it personalizes the effect and I believe can make it even stronger. Now, that is the basic way of using the tones. And the more advanced way is putting two different tones together. And a tone has has syllables and certain frequencies, certain notes, literally, and when we play two different tones that have often different syllables as well as different tones and different frequency interval relationships, we create a pattern that's even richer and more complex than just singing a single tone. And we have created choirs that you've alluded to with as many as 900 singers where half the group will sing one tonal pattern and the other half of the group will sing a different tonal pattern and it creates a tapestry of sound that is incredibly rich, complex, with many layers of overtones, resonances, and harmonics. The recording from the event we did in Maui, our largest thus far with over 900 in the choir, was then used, so instead of being the single tones, it was the tones in pairs. And the effect on the plants was very interesting because the effect was even stronger than the single tones. It was 100% stronger than playing the Mozart pieces. So it literally doubled the Mozart effect. Sounds like we ought to have it going daily in our our house. (laughs) 
that would be advisable if one would like to enjoy the Mozart effect. Which, which now, does this give, uh, the, uh, D- does this give hmm? the DNA to talk to each other? I mean, does it get it communicating more? Is this what the tones are doing? Well, given that we are seeing a significant effect on plant biology, where the physical measures of plant robustness are increased and the growth is enhanced and the actual produce is increased, that those effects certainly suggest that we're having an effect on the expression and action of DNA and the systems that they drive. So that is our physical biological evidence in a more systematic scientific way. So from those experiments, we'd say we believe we're having an effect on DNA and probably a so-called epigenetic effect. You're probably aware of the work of Dr. Bruce Lipton, where it has been found that, for example, if people change their diet, it may change which genes are active and which get turned off. By changing lifestyle, like, say, stopping smoking, that can switch off potentially harmful genes and start switching on um, very helpful genes. What's especially interesting is that things like meditation or changing beliefs also appear to be able to flip the switches of DNA in a way that can also be transmitted to people's offspring. So it is likely that these beneficial effects we're seeing in plant biology are epigenetic that these vibrational patterns, which are indeed physical patterns that impact the chemistry of the plants, are creating a shift in the DNA expression such that the plant biology is made stronger and healthier um, and even to the observation that the produce of the plant is increased. So that is what we observe in plant biology and we have many anecdotal reports of health benefits from people that are using the tones. There's stress reduction, enhanced hearing, improved physical vision, uh, realignment of, of, of bodily systems, enhancement of function. So we have seen and heard of many benefits people have had in their physical well-being in their emotional health, and also the sense that that they become calmer and more aware and and can perceive more. So at some point, I do hope to do more systematic studies, and there are some research colleagues at um, advanced and well-respected institutions that we're beginning to look at outlining the sorts of experiments we could do. My prediction will be that, say, if someone played these tonal patterns or especially sang them themselves for our day, we would, for example, measure a significant reduction in their stress hormones. We would see improvements in their internal chemistry. And I predict we'll even be able to see that there will be an increase in measured intelligence and creativity. What about inflammation in the body? Would that also help with that as well? I believe it could, yes. Now, is there a are link, or, is there a link say, or a in- CD or something that people can um, can pick up and be able to listen to these sounds somewhere? Uh, sure. The sites to which people can get the recordings from the in Maui is www.pinealtones.com, which is P-I-N-E-A-L-T-O-N-E-S.com. And the core original set of recordings is the morning and afternoon presentations of the Choir in Maui on December 21st, um, 2012. There's also an encore track with the full choir all together. 
an especially interesting track in that recording called The Quantum Experience. And we had Lee Carroll there who presented client information. And at the beginning, he said, you're doing this program in a linear way and you have a series of 12 pairs of tones that will take a few hours to do this process. And instead of having two groups of 400 singing the tones, if you had 12 groups of 400 singing the tones, you could sing all of them all at once for 10 minutes and the process would be complete. So our producer, uh, Daryl Laham, created a piece called The Quantum Experience where all 24 levels, all 12 pairs, are played all together at once. And you think it would just be um, chaotic, but it's actually profoundly information-rich. And that is one of the more amazing pieces of how all that information can come together and create a very significant cellular vibrational impact. So pinealtones.com is a place where that information uh, can be looked at more um, description of the recording and its attributes, there's another creative work in which our artist Deborah DeLisi, who has created beautiful artistic representations of the tonal patterns, has created an animation where the tone pair art flashes between each other while listening to the corresponding tone, which then adds the visual impact. So that's also available. And then there's another site where we have our first video, which is called rosettatones.com. And at that site, we have a very wonderfully produced video made by a Hollywood documentarian named Lance Mangia that is a video of our most recent choir, which was the so-called Celebration Choir in our own backyard in Mount Shasta. And this is a video recording not just of the choir, its conductors, and the choristers that were singing, but also moves very artistically between scenes of Mount Shasta and Yellowstone and Yosemite and Malibu and various types of spiritual art. So it is an aesthetic piece uh, as well as a piece that gives the tonalities and the beneficial biologic effects that we infer from what we observed in plants. So that's the most sophisticated uh, artistic presentation thus far with you know, full Hollywood caliber production quality. Dr. Todd, I'd like to, um, first of all, uh, let's see, talk, uh, give the website um, that that people can um, go to for your products again, and it's gematria.com, and that's like Jim, J-E, excuse me, G-E-M-A-T-R-I-A.com, and um, and then the other thing, I, can we can we slip okay. in? Can can we please slip in some information about the decoding, um, the the biological decoding with Enrique Boron? Will you please speak about that, how to overcome adversity, advance conflict resolution? Yes. This is such a beautiful body of work. There is a plethora of techniques, as you know, designed to assist people to clear their emotional blocks, stresses, traumatic experiences, and any other negative factors that may inhibit or block their ability to function or their health and well-being. And there's a whole alphabet soup of them and I think they're all wonderful and they're all powerful and have their own very significant benefits. Like 
Should I list some of them, or or, <laughs> or do you just already know them? Well, my my que- I think I read somewhere of a lot of our mm-hmm. or most of our flocks come from the time we were like born and seven years old. Is that true? Right, right. What's so incredibly relevant? That's a that's a very important point, and I recall very powerfully in a lecture from Dr. Bruce Lipton uh, recently that from the time we're born to the time we're seven years old, we're in a brainwave state that is basically like a state of hypnosis. So that the words that we are spoken or the words that we hear, whether even spoken to us or toward us, even just words we hear in the environment go into our brains almost as subconscious commands. And any experience we have, particularly in those formative years that may be stressful or traumatic or give us a a sense of fear of abandonment or physical threat can go in as a deeply stored conflict in our psyche. And especially if we don't express our feelings in that moment, it can then get encoded as an unconscious conflict. And the whole area of biological decoding is the idea that an unconscious conflict can find its resolution in a biological problem or that a disease can be the literal biological solution to the unresolved psycho-emotional conflict. And the whole area of biological decoding has identified for different types of conditions that express in the body the typical conflict that is the basis for expressing that physical issue. One of the most beautiful statements in the whole system, which is incredibly elegant, is the statement that a disease is a word spoken not with the mouth but with the body so that unexpressed feelings then uh, can internalize and not having a way to solve themselves emotionally can express as a physical condition. So the power of decoding is that it's not generic as other systems that simply look for for general types of conflicts, traumas, and stresses to clear them. And those systems can be very powerful at, at healing and restoring function, yet they may be relatively hit or miss for a given person's particular issues, whereas the decoding, generally someone has a particular issue, it really pins it down to a particular conflict or very small set of conflicts that have been identified related to it. And the decoding is a process of sort of knowing where to look and how to assist someone to be able to see what is otherwise not possible to see, uh, to go into the conflict, to particularly feel the emotion of it as the experience of when it was happening to release it, make it conscious, and then it is possible for physical conditions to improve just by the unconscious conflict no longer being unconscious and being resolved. So literally there is no longer a need for the condition that is the solution because the core of the condition has been relieved. Now, you are, are you training training people about this how to do this decoding, is that correct? I'm sorry? You are training others how to do this uh, decoding? Well, we have the great privilege that the current leading authority in the area, and this field was originally created by someone named Hammer, and there's a very interesting story there, and has been further evolved by others. And as far as I'm aware, and Nikki Baran is the world's leading 
developer now, having decoded uh, many more uh, types of issues and having written a blue book of decoding and so forth, he is going to be coming to San Diego between April 18th and 24th to teach the first three modules of the five-module system. And I've taken all five of the modules, and they're all incredibly revelatory. And even if someone only took the first module to get a basic understanding of how stress and psycho-emotional conflict gets encoded as a physical electrical stress in the brain that can then express as biological issues in the body or it's possible to identify that stress point, uh, relieve the um, focus in the brain and see the resolution of issues in the body, just having that understanding is extraordinary. And the further modules then go through different types of dynamics and issues things like cycles. For example, if someone presents with a particular issue at a certain age, you then ask them what happened when they were half that age, one-third that age, and one-fifth that age. And usually there is a very similar conflict that occurs and only a series of conflicts that build one upon another then express as an issue. And that's just one small piece of the puzzle. And Will you be talking about this in Sacramento? Yes, I, I certainly won't be able to, to teach <laughs> more than some of the, the basic principles and give examples, but that is one of the things I'm very enthusiastic to give more information about. Hmm. So this actually clears um, uh, psycho-emotional blocks, and wow, this is amazing. Is there let a web? Well, let's, well, let's go uh, and tell... Tell everybody that he's going to, uh, Dr. Todd's going to be in Sacramento, uh, February 22nd. Um, it's going to be at the uh, Red Lion uh, Hotel in the Wood Lake Conference Room. So I believe the you're going to be there between 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Or how long is it? Is the workshop? I think 10 a.m. and 6:30 is probably more like it. Okay. Okay. And the website is cryonevents.com. Um and you can no, get there. Cryon, oh, did you do cryonevents.com? I thought you could get there cryon.com. Okay, go ahead, Paula. cryon.com. Okay. Yeah. And that's k r y o n.com. And just go to the event uh, section and, and you can find the um actually the workshop in Sacramento and register there. Yeah. So. Doctor, thank you for being with us, Dr. Todd. We, If you have about 30 seconds, you want to tell us anything that we might have missed. <laughs> uh, if people want more information about the decoding, they can send an email to uh, rubi at brcmagic.com. Okay, so one more time. It's R like Robert, U like up, V like uh, Victor. B, it's Ruby. Ruby, Ruby at oh, thank you. R-U-B-I at B-R-C magic.com. Is that correct? B like boy? That is correct. Okay, Ruby. Okay, go ahead. At, yeah, go ahead, please. You got it. So it's Ruby, like the Ruby, R-U-B-I, at B-R-C, B like Robert, R like, I'm sorry, B like boy, R like Robert, C like cat, magic.com. Okay. Anything else, Dr. Well, if I had more time, I could share some of the amazing stories of decoding and the insights and that how quickly certain things can be relieved by identifying what the conflict has been, making it known, relieving the charge, that it really is like magic. Well, we can't wait to hear more about it and, and when you come to Sacramento <laughs> on the February hey, 22nd. cool stuff. Hey. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us today. I know you're so busy. Uh, it's been a great pleasure being with you all again. Look forward to seeing you in Sacramento. <laughs> 
we'll have to do this much much more often, Dr. Todd. Yeah, I know. Thank there's, you. We'll there's have... so much to talk about. <laughs> Thank okay, you, yeah. and have a good Thank day, you. Colorado. Thank you. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.